Anyway, this might be a bit of a controversial topic for our audience or for those that master and are not technically mastery engineers. Um, and I think it's going to be educating, informative, and hopefully bring clarity to what we do and the importance of mastering in general. So, Matt, are you ready to? No, I'm not. <laughs> You're not. He's not ready. Because we need to do some housekeeping. Oh, housekeeping! You got the music queuing up. You got the samba. Da, 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 da. You got the person coming out shaking their coconuts. <laughs> I don't know. Love a good coconut shake. I mean, who doesn't? Love There's it. Like some odd hair. Are, are they like a fruit? Coconut? They don't have. They don't. They don't have seeds. Is the coconut itself the seed? You know, I'm not sure. I eat coconut every day, though. You know, it's good so, for you. I guess. Yeah, I guess so. It's nutrient they, they, dense. I mean, that and fiber and all that stuff. It's got so, a great you know, fat. for a hairy fruit or whatever it is. <laughs> I don't know. Anywho, housekeeping. Housekeeping. You know. Uh, um, Coconut is very nutrient dense, much like our podcasts are nutrient dense in uh, mm. <laughs> in mastering education and life wisdom. Now keep it going. And for a limited time, the next thirty seconds, you can go like, subscribe, leave a comment, or more importantly, just share this with one more person so they can get some more nutrient-dense mastering episodes of the Attack and Release show. Mm. Do we also offer any uh, personal mastering services, Sam? We do. If you would oh. like your record mastered by either Matt Garber, you can find him at For The Record Mastering, I believe. You can find mm -hmm. him on Instagram probably be the easiest way to connect with them is just on Instagram. Or you can find me on Instagram, Moses Mastering. And uh, one of us can call your record done. We are not guessing. We're not guessing. I uh, have a very firm process that I will say, <laughs> a nutrient this is good dense. or this is not good. Well, A or B. Right. I like this. I don't like this. There, there's no guessing that really happens. No guessing. Oh, I hope they like this. Nope. Not, not, not in this room. <laughs> Love it. And so that, Sam. Yes, Matt. Okay. Yeah. So that's housekeeping. That's so housekeeping. Sam, yes, Matt. I was jumping the gun. Jump it. Where did this whole mantra of if you're guessing, you're not mastering? Where did all this? stem from? Where did it come from? You know, I like... Who do we have to blame? I I'm think, you play. know, if I'm going to blame someone, <sighs> I'm not going to blame anybody. But this is 
a culmination, a long time coming of working and mastering records and calling my myself a mastering engineer for the last 10 or so years and encountering other people who basically are guessing instead of mastering. So sometimes I have people come to me and say, hey, do you think this record's ready to come out? And that's basically, if I could demystify mastering and clarify, and this is my part of my definition of what mastering is, it's the ability to call a record done and finished and knowing that it will translate well and compete in the market it's going for. And there's a million different variables and techniques that we use to achieve that and have a record be done and know that it's going to translate well to the consumer. But over the years, there's been an increasing of people who seek out the wisdom of mastering engineers and they ask them, hey, does this sound mastered or is this done or is this good enough for me to send back to my client and call the, and tell them this is mastered and it's done. And there's, on one side, I don't mind helping and educating. This is part of, if you're a mastering engineer and you say, I want to be a mastering engineer, uh, and you're learning, of course, you need to talk with other mastering engineers and get their feedback and thoughts. But if you are just like a on-the-side mastering out of convenience or out of scarcity mindset because you want an extra $25, you are hindering yourself and your client because you are guessing whether or not the product is ready to go to the audience, the consumer, the people who are going to stream, pay, promote, share your product, and you need that product to be shared, played, promoted because that's going to make money which is going to return back to the artist, which is then going to return back to you as a producer, mixer, master engineer, whatever stage you're at. And so my big overarching view is that if you are guessing if a record is done or not, if you are not confident and uh, have the experience to call records done, you are actually guessing and you are not mastering you are doing a disservice to your own work and to your client's work, and the songs are not reaching their full potential. People are not able to experience your full potential when you faux master or just guess if whether or not this record will sound good or compete with the market you're trying to compete in. And so that, to me, is where this has come from. It's come from almost a sadness, if anything, of when I know, oh, this record is actually great, but because someone has decided that they're a mastering engineer tonight, this record is actually going to just get lost in the shuffle and it hasn't reached its potential because someone is unwilling to pass on the work to a proper mastering engineer. Now, you're going to get some people out there that go, well, if you just, if you're, if you're finishing a record, you are mastering it. If you're putting on just a random plug-in or even gear, then it's mastered and you're, you've now mastered the record. I actually disagree with that. Um, I don't think you're mastering just because you're exporting a song. Um, 
because you're not even sure if it's done or not. And I think that is the main job of our um, of mastering is to call a record done and bring peace of mind within that that this record is done. What you have is a great project. It will translate well, and it meets the goals that you put forth when even creating this record. So that's my first riff in how this came about. Matt, what are your thoughts? Mm. What do you think about this? If you're guessing, you're not mastering. If you're guessing, you're not podcasting. Hey, hey, guy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I don't know what we're doing here. Episode like 90, (laughs) what, three? He's like, yee. Hey. (laughs) Uh, In the wise words of Ron Swanson, don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. Love it. Um, I'm going to kind of take that little bit of a of mantra and adjust my mic here so I can read my notes. And <clears throat> So I'll also say that if you want to be a mastering engineer, I have no problem giving you tips and tricks and kind of telling you like what's good and what's bad and what's the right way to do something and what's the wrong way to do something. I don't mind kind of like guiding you in things. It's like I'm not doing any internships or something like that. I'll have people ask. And it's like, uh, that'd be kind of, mm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. But um, it's like, you know, no, no, no fault in them for trying. Um, so my whole thoughts on this is that like, if you're a mixer, producer, and you're also kind of doing like the mastering engineer thing of it, um, I don't know. I I feel like if I were... I feel like I could mix something um, and that I could potentially produce something. But I would be 100% guessing. And it's like I've mastered, like, I don't know, a few thousand songs. And I feel like I know roughly the balance. It's like I've... I don't know. I used to do front of house like a lifetime ago. Still do every now and then. Um, So I feel like I understand song balance and instrument balance and I think I'd be an absolutely horrible like studio mix engineer. <laughs> um I don't know why I just I feel like my brain would just kind of like fart and <laughs> just kind of give up like staring at everything that needed to be done. Um but like behind a mixing console it's like it's like a completely different thing. I don't know why. It's uh, it's I think it's once again like the hardware versus software thing for me and um I think I just kind of work better one over the other. But um, me going in to say being a mixer, I would be totally guessing how to do it. I could probably get you pretty close, but if you just hire the mix engineer, then you're just going to get a perfect result like the first time through. It's like, you know, there's like... I'm sure any chef can make a pastry, but I'm pretty sure that a pastry chef is going to make the most bitchin' pastry. (laughs) And it's like, let's put it into terms everyone can understand and food. And do you want just a pastry or do you want a bitchin' pastry? And I totally get it. Like, sometimes there's, like, a budget constraint. And it just can't be worked around and there's just not enough money in the project. And, like, or it's like everything's just kind of, like, too late, like, 
uh, everything's wrapping too late. You can't like everyone's kind of booked or something like that. And like that's what we always say is that like there's always more than enough work mm-hmm. uh, to carry you through. It's just about you getting your name out there. Um, so it's like I understand why people pick up um, mastering and they're like, oh yeah, I'll just do this myself. It's like I don't see a reason why people wouldn't do that. And my typical sales pitch to that person is, listen, if you build my rate into your rate, you look better. You're subbing out something that you actually don't want to do Mm -hmm. because you don't want to be a mastering engineer. If you ask a mix engineer, they don't want to be a mastering engineer because now you got to dick around with too much cursing today. Sorry, (laughs) I'm kind of a little passionate about it. You're dicking around with like mastering revisions and you're trying to get the master right, but you're not a mastering engineer and they're expecting something of you at the, at the quality that mastering is. And you're doing a probably very superb job as a mix engineer doing some mastering level stuff. But they're not looking for superb mix engineer stuff. They're looking for fantastic sounding mastering level stuff. And it's like, once again, I understand if the budget is not there and like you need a little bit more, but uh, and like, and like you're kind of the guy. Like it's like, and this could be your shining moment to realize you want to become a mastering engineer. But normally, if this is you, you don't want to do this and you kind of want like, like version three or four. And it's like, you're kind of like, instead of like actually mastering it, I'm not saying there's a proper way to master something, but it's like, I don't know, instead of like fixing something in the master, you might be going back to the mix and adjusting that. And then, I don't know, however, however you're doing it from there. So, I don't know. I would just say that if you're guessing, you're probably not doing it. And I would say that if the budget is there and that the planning was there, from the beginning, I would definitely recommend that you should hire um, a professional to do it. I can fix a toilet, but I can't fix a massive plumbing issue. So one of the, I mean, I'll get a little personal story. One of the businesses, one of the other businesses that I have, um, we are in a complex or like class B office that has several adjoining suites to it. And there is an issue with one of the plumbing fixtures and you'll have sewage come up from the base of the toilet. It's not a toilet issue. It's a main sewer line issue. Well, I, Matt Garber, know how to fix a toilet. I fixed a handful of toilets before, replaced the internals of them and... It's like it's relatively easy and like just basic mechanical knowledge on how that thing works. But there's a reason why I have to call out Roto Rooter <laughs> because stuff smells like shit, man. <laughs> and I really don't, I really wanted to stop smelling like shit and water is going everywhere and sewage is like sewage water is going everywhere. And I got to pull out the, the shop vac every time and get all that stuff up. That's why you hire the appropriate person to deal with the mess and to tell you, well, the low-flow toilets that the cheapo landlord installed on all this however many moons ago 
is not the appropriate fixture that needs to push all the goodies down the line. And so stuff is not adequately moving down the line. You know, stuff starts backing up. So I don't know if I could really take it a little bit more vibid than that. <laughs> I understand <laughs> I'll tell you, what you're saying. <laughs> I'll tell you, if I was doing it, I would just be getting, I would just be guessing and I would still have poop water everywhere. Right. And so now I know the cause of the problem and I know the appropriate way to fix it. And I more than certainly know that I am not the person who needs to be <laughs> fixing that issue. Right. So that's kind of my two cents on the if you're guessing, uh, then you're not mastering yes. thing. <laughs> Love it. Great. Was that a little too much? I feel like no. I've been angsty. That one, one, that's a good metaphor that's going to be burnt into everybody's head. <laughs> I mean, it's great you definitely imagery. won't forget it. No. No, I'll either no, no. be like, like I'll be reviewing this episode, mowing my grass, probably later this weekend, and I'll either be laughing or cringing, and so <laughs> I'll have to report back to you. <laughs> so no, it's great, 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 great. Love great. it. Um, yeah, I was, you know, thinking about when uh, my first little riff, and then listening to you talk, and thinking about how. Um, the reason why people essentially faux master and how it's an awful place to create from because you're creating from not a place of confidence, you're creating from a place of guessing. And when you're creating from a place of guessing or delivering something to a client that you're unsure about, then when the client responds and I'm speaking from firsthand knowledge when I was first starting, um, just getting my feet wet into mastering and knowing that, you know, I'm calling records done as a master engineer, but still kind of like knowing I've got room to grow essentially to learn how to do this better. Um, but I would say when clients then give feedback, the immediate response is always panic. <laughs> and defensiveness. And that to me is something that is poison to you as a person and you as a creator and you as a whatever, say you're, you are a, a mixer or producer mixer and you're trying to also master on top of that. Um, it's a terrible way to build relationships and clients when you are guessing and then they give feedback and because you do not know the answer or know how to interpret what they're asking or troubleshoot what they're asking at the mastering stage, um, it creates tension and those clients will leave you. Um, I know this from firsthand experience now 10 or so years into this because I have a lot of clients now who used to go to the one-stop shop and maybe they still go to the one-stop shop for engineer, producer, mixer, but they for sure then tell the mixer, yeah, you're not going to master it anymore. Like it's going to Sam. Um, and at first, the producer, engineer, mixer, usually what they do is they send me their master and basically try to tell me, tough talk me like, hey, this is, this is awesome and you're not going to beat it. Like it's great. And then I do my thing not trying to beat it. I do my People thing by... People send stuff to you like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? There's some There's some top 
t- more top-tier mixers that will send you me little... You have the craziest client stories. Well, it's... Like, like you'll send me just <laughs> client stories. I'm like, who the hell are you dealing with? I'm dealing with people who, it's what I tell you, they know enough not to be dangerous. They know enough to be annoying and or destructive, <laughs> which is dangerous. But it's more so they know just enough to be annoying. But it's... You know, I do have some top tier mixers who will say, hey, here's the the reference mix and you need to beat this. And that's always a terrible place to operate from because there's really no beating. There's only serving the song. And for me, when I get it, I always end up beating it. But that's never the thought process. And that's beating where, it's not hard. Right. Beating it is not hard. <laughs> and I think that's where a lot of um when people are guessing about mastering, their idea is I'm going to win the loudness war. I'm going to win uh this stage of thing that um you know that they know nothing about. And it's just kind of this weird approach into the creation process that creates really weird client dynamics because I've watched people lose clients when they can't get the song balanced right or it doesn't sound right in the car or it doesn't sound right on an iPhone or it's distorting. Like I've had mm-hmm. people send me things and go, hey, the client, you know, I'm, I mastered this song and the client's saying that, you know, it just sounds so boomy. And I don't hear it, you know, can you listen to it? And I turn it on and go, yeah, it's, you know, it's shaking my walls in theory, <laughs> you know, and that, that comes back into the guessing thing of, in theory, you know, this isn't always the case. One of the benefits of working with a good mastering engineer is that they have a hopefully more full range and critical listening environment to where they can hear things that you didn't hear. Now, my big gripe is that I think everyone should basically have a mastering room set up. Like, I don't know where the disconnect happened in the music industry where it was like, yeah, you can record in a crappy environment and mix in a less than ideal environment and then just let mastering hear everything finally and correct it all. That's like kind of become the mindset over the years of, you know, oh, we can just use NS10s to mix on and that's good enough. And it's like, you don't have to use monitors that roll off at 100 hertz. You can buy better monitors. You can treat your room better to where you're recording, you know, capturing sourcing better that sounds correct. And you know with confidence, once again, this goes in there a whole thing. You're not guessing when you're recording drums. Is the kick bassy enough or how's the kit sound? Mm. You're not guessing when you're mixing. Is the bounce right? Is the vocal pocketed right? And then you're not guessing at mastering. And that's, you know... It, it works, unfortunately, to, I think, our advantage as master engineers to where a lot of people will be like, how did you make this sound so good? Or how did you get the low and so right? And we've said it before, I've said it on the podcast, and it's not a... You can a, hear it. Yeah, it's not a smart-ass comment. It's, a, it's just that. It's as simple as, well, I could just hear that it was like 4 dB too loud, you know, in 30 mm-hmm. hertz to 50 hertz. And mm-hmm. I know you in your room literally don't have that. Like it's not coming out of your speaker because your speaker literally can't put out that frequency. (laughs) So, you know, it's different things like that where I don't, I'm not guessing and I work from a place of such peace and confidence because I know I've invested the time 
Um, and at this stage, too, the experience is building up on the time and the, and the quality of the, the gear and the setup. Um, and it kind of all, you know, for me, it's accumulated to this really, um, I'll say, just a, a nice setup that I can trust. And obviously, everybody starts somewhere, but, um, you know, so many people have a less than ideal setup to begin with. And then when we get to the mastering stage, they just make such a mess because they don't know um, the difference between a limiter and a compressor, saturation, distortion, clicking, clicking, or clipping <laughs> and clicking, inner sample peaks, um, you know, overs, true peak, all these different things. Um, and let alone, if you're the amount of people who I see online um, who are constantly still debating, where should I master my record to? Negative 14 LFS, negative 5, negative 2, negative 1 output. If you are asking those questions, that's fine mm -hmm. to get educated on. But then once again, you're still guessing. Because to me, all the, um, you know, me included, I'll say the mastering engineers who are constantly educating themselves on what does normalization actually actually mean? What are these algorithms actually doing? And not taking advice from people who don't master records consistently. We all know normalization's goal is just to lower songs to a, a playback level and raise songs to a playback level. There's no reward. There's no penalty. There's no anything. There's no guessing. It's going to play back almost identical. Whether you do a dynamic song or a compressed song, and we know that we would rather be over the optimal playback and let it be normalized than to let an algorithm put an auto limiter on it to bring it up to volume. Mm -hmm. And then we know the difference between perceived loudness and actual loudness on a meter and that vocals and synths and arrangement and mixes heavily influences how a song plays back you know, next to another one that maybe even on the meters reads identical. Those are things, once again, that's just... Those are things mastering engineers, great mastering engineers know, or I'll, I'll more so say educated mastering engineers that can actually serve you and help you compete in the actual marketplace. And then there's just so much when I look back over the last 10 years that I have had to learn about mastering to feel confident about my abilities that um, when people are guessing or people come to me with their, their songs that they've quote unquote mastered, you know, and I start to educate and unpack and help them understand, well, why did you pick this here and why did you do that? And no, oh, your signal chain is this, but you didn't even, you know, end the song with some, you know, with a actual true peak limiter. And, you know, it's clear there's just such an, a, uh, you know, they were just trying to do the best they could with, with what they had. And I get that position. I understand mm -hmm. we all start somewhere. This isn't a shame or a poo-poo episode on people at all. But the, the, the thing is, we have the solution. What you're going after, there are mastering engineers who can call a record done. And that's, I think, what always blows my mind. And anyone who works with a great master engineer, once you do it one time, you never go back. Like, mm -hmm. that's been my experience and why I have a, a career of, you know, and returning clients is because... They go, oh man, I, I don't know this, and actually, I don't want to know this. Like, I just want to keep mixing. So, the sooner I can hand this off to mastering, the sooner I can get back to mixing, which is actually my true love. And over time, it actually pays for itself to hire Sam 
because we all sound better and we get to work quicker. And we have confidence in the record when it comes out. It's going to compete with everything on New Music Friday or Spotify or blah, blah, blah. It's just simple. Like, that's as simple as it gets. But if you want to spend your time guessing on whether or not this your record is done or not, or you're, you're working with a client and you just say, oh, I'll just quick master it, you're, you're shooting your own self in, in the foot. The extra 50 bucks or whatever you think this is going to save you is not going to move you forward in the way you want to move forward. So that's my second little thought. Matt, what say you? I mean, I think it's great. I don't know how much more I have to add. I'm not being like, oh, this is a 30-minute podcast. We're getting out of here early. What is it? It's a single de Mayo. It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, it is single de Mayo. Yeah. Let's go get tacos. <laughs> go to Taco Bell. I don't know. <laughs> Grande, burrito, whatever. Um, I don't know. I think a lot of it, too, is kind of like, if you hire the person who does it professionally, you're hiring somebody who just, has confidence in doing it. And so, like, I think one of the biggest things as far as confidence is concerned is, like, kind of when you were talking about, like, the hot reference. Yeah. And so it's like, they're just, like, jacking up the level on things. They're like, oh, well, you can't beat this. And it's like, well, that's a really stupid claim because I can just throw that. I can just master that. And by master it, I can just put, like, 0.5 or 1 or 2, like, on top of that. Yeah. And now I beat it. Right. <laughs> and you're going to think it's better because it's louder. Right. And you're not going to notice that much because I'm not really taking off that much. So not a lot's going to go away if I wanted to do that. But like having the confidence then to to not do that, I probably just say gave someone like a really shady <laughs> thing to do. But I mean, like, I think everyone has like gotten something before and they're just like, man, I could just totally just bump this up a level and that's the way to go. But there's also another side to that of like, there's this is so off the rails. There's another <laughs> side that's not really an ethical dilemma of what is the actual approved mix yeah. of doing that. And it's like, well, this is what the band's been listening to, and it's really freaking loud. And then you give me this quiet thing that like even when I turn it up louder, it doesn't even sound like the actual mix. And so it's like if you've used like certain processes to get this sucker pretty loud we're not even playing ball in the same field anymore and I can't use your mix. So I kind of have to use your reference. Yeah. And so it it kind of like takes off like anything, any ethical conversation that could have been had of like lying or cheating or something like that of like, well, you're not even listening to the actual mix. The band has already signed off on this as like, yeah, this is what I want the master to sound like. So that's my starting point. I haven't done that, but I've had to have some conversations that like the mix was so far apart from the heated reference as far as like tone and punch and vibe. And I was like, what are we doing on like this other end? So um, that's a whole nother thing. But let's just say that you do master that uh, like that that mix and okay, and you have a version that does beat that. It's just kind of like, it's, it's. I don't know, at least for me, it's like the loudness part of all of this is kind of a byproduct of the mastering. Mm -hmm. It's not really like, I master, therefore it's loud. It's like, I master, therefore, like, I put like 
a sheen on your record, I, as you said, can call this done. By the way, it's louder. <laughs> right. And at least that's that's like how I view it. And it's like, I'm not going into this being like, like, oh, how loud can I get this? I'm going into this about like, where is this guy going to perform best? And it's like, if like, are we going to be able to meet these references? I'm not going into this to make it loud, but the loudness is just a byproduct of what I'm doing. And the song will tell me how loud it's going to be able to go. And if you want it to go louder and it can't go louder, I'll tell you, I don't think this should go louder. But you're the client, you're paying the bill. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Right. Sometimes they say, like, freaking rocket. And uh, <laughs> as Sam and I were joking about Dogecoin earlier, it's like, you know, they, they just reply back, to the moon. And it's like, okay, we'll take it all the way. <laughs> it's like, or sometimes they'll be like, you know, that is a little bit too far. And sometimes if it's like a client that I really know, and once again, this is like a confidence thing and like not cocky. There's a difference between being confident and being cocky. And so if it's a client that I know, like one of my good friends, Angel, he sent me a mix. I've brought him up here a handful of times. Um, he sent me a mix of this uh, this vocalist, and it was absolutely fantastic. And I dial it up, and I, I said, hey, can I hop on the phone with you on my ride home? Uh, I just want to have a quick conversation with you. And said, hey, I can bring this to like a quote-unquote like industry standard, and it, which wouldn't be like this part of the industry standard wouldn't be super loud. Um, but, or by doing that, we're kind of cutting off a little bit of the dynamics that I think you want to preserve just because of how, like, this song is. Like, I, I listen to the lyrics of a song, and I want to know, like, what this person's talking about because I want to play into what they're doing. And so, like, there was this one song... A long time ago, this guy was talking about how his father had cancer and passed away, like through the course of a five, six minute song. And it was kind of like an ode to his dad. And so, and I wanted to make sure that that song for him was perfect because I knew what that song meant to him from the time he wrote it to tracked it to had it sent off to mixing to now mastering. And then he's going to be listening to that song for the rest of his life. And that song is about what his dad meant to him. And so that to me was, shit, man, this has to be perfect. And so like with what Angel sent me, it's like I'm listening to what this girl's singing about. And uh, I mean, it was originally like per their schedule, it was supposed to be released like on Valentine's Day and COVID or whatever it is, pushed that back. And um, so they're releasing it in a little while. Um, great sounding song, but we had to have a conversation about loudness and they weren't wanting it screaming loud. And he said the artist listened to it and uh, just having like without prepping or anything. And she said, no, I like the quiet one more. I like there's like incredible more detail in that. And that's what I want to go for. So it's like, you know what? Maybe having the confidence to submit a quieter not quieter, but more dynamic. And I'm not like a pro-dynamic person. I'm a pro-whatever-the-heck-the-song-needs person. I'm not all like dynamic range day. It's like, that's not my shit. I'm pro-whatever-the-song-needs. And the song's going to tell me at least what it needs. And so 
Um, that's what that needed. I had a conversation with Angel. Hey, I'm going to send you a, and I never send two versions. Like, I'm going to send you a louder version, and I'm going to send you a um, more dynamic version. And it's like the loud version was even loud. Like, it maybe peaked out at like minus eight. But like, once again, it's like piano, vocals, like a little bit of guitar, not a lot of like anything. But it's like, you know, it kind of gets it into that more like range where like I'll see some stuff swinging on my meter of like the same genre and the same like stuff as her references. Like I'll kind of watch my meter where that's swinging and then it's like, okay, yeah, like we'll just kind of get to that area. And it's like, I'll do, and normally it's like, I'll do my best not to go over that. And it's like, we're going to kind of get you where you're going to go because you also have people be like, yo, turn me down. Um, Because stuff that's super dynamic, it's really easy to go pretty loud. And, uh, but yeah, sometimes, like I've been saying, I don't know, repeating eight times, sometimes like doing this and not guessing, it's like having the confidence to be like, yes, this is right, or no, this is not right. And like, you're like, do I like A or B? And it's a very simple A, B decision. I've gotten really good and really quick at being like A, B, A, B. Do we want a compressor? Do we not want a compressor? Do we want some... Um, does this song need to stay clean? Does it need to, or can we like put a little bit of vibe in it? Are we going to use like the very mu? Or are we going to use uh, the massive passive? Or are we going to use the mass lick? How clean do we need to stay? Do we need more thump? Do we need more thwack? How's the top end? Um, how's all this? And all this stuff are not, these are not questions I ask myself. This is just organically how I perceive a song. It's organically how Sam perceives a song. It's how we interpret music as. Um, creators and musicians a little bit and uh, how you kind of put your creative or not so creative touch on things and um, there's no guessing there there's like this is it this is perfect when I deliver to a client it's like I listen to this I love it Um, I I think you'll love it too let me know what you think I literally cannot wait for you to listen to this Um, it's not a templated email. <laughs> I'll tell you below, like in my email, if it's templated. It's like, yeah, here's my, here's some distribution notes for you. But if I say I love it, I'm definitely standing behind that. Mm-hmm. And I'm genuinely excited for you to listen to it because I know it's like what this song can do and performing at its best. And uh, I think that's what you get by like going to like an actual mastering engineer. But if that's if if that's somewhere that like, like you're mixing and you kind of feel stuck in mixing, kind of like you've kind of like put your um, foot in that hole. Uh, that's not a good analogy, but that's kind of where my brain is. Um, then, and you want to learn how to master, one, listen to more of these podcasts. Um, two, reach out to a mastering engineer. They're great to shadow. I have no problem answering any questions for you. Right. Um, Sam will probably answer questions. And if we don't want to, we'll just tell you, I don't want to. (laughs) Um, But normally nine times out of 10, I mean, if someone asks me a question, I'll answer you and I'll tell you what's up. And I might, like there was like another night, uh, someone texted me something. I was like, hey, hold on. I'm putting my kids to bed. I'll get back to you like closer to nine. And I was like, I I normally, if someone asks for help, I want to do my best to try to help them. So that's just kind of my MO and what I want to do. I know Sam, like you have a heart for people and it's a pretty heart. darn big heart for people. So, <laughs> but it's like, also it's like, you know, sometimes you need to put up boundaries, but right. Um, but anyway, it's like mastering is not really too different from mixing and all the other parts of that. So are you capable of doing that? Yeah. 
But more time, and like what it really comes down to is a mindset shift and then understanding how you have to shift your mindset. Yeah. Um, and to detach from what you actually did. Is it possible to mix and master stuff? Yeah. Sam does it all the time. I wouldn't do it. I think I'd suck at it. Um, I don't have the time to do it either. Um, but I think like stuff that I've heard that you mixed and mastered, Sam, I think it sounds fantastic. Thank you. Um, and I don't think that I don't I don't think like oh you're like an exception to the rule or anything. It's like I don't think there are any rules. No. Um, but it's like if you're and I, mainly because I know that you're not guessing. Right. You know that you are not guessing. Right. You're like yeah, this sounds great. I love how this sounds. This sounds how this should sound. I've literally been in your studio while you were doing something. You're like yep, this is uh, this is perfect. And then you just print it and you send it off to the client. Right. <laughs> and I was like yeah, that's that's what I do. Right. So that's what I, that's what I think you should take out of this is like, um, one, if you are guessing, then you're not doing it, um, and if you are guessing, you should. Um, uh, I'm not going to say like, oh, stay in your lane, right? Um, but I will say that like, no one really whole asses two things well. So I would say, um, I would pick a lane. And dedicate yourself to it. But I mean, if you're kind of like boxing into a corner of like, this is kind of like my life right now, then it's like, you know, kind of do you. But I would try to work into a relationship with a mastering engineer. And uh, you got two right here that would love to work with y'all. So right. uh, if you're not mastering engineers. So I know some people who uh, listen to this are also mixed engineers. But um, I feel like this was not a cookie cutter episode, all cut and dry and stuff like that. I feel like. <laughs> Uh, this episode had some interesting truths to it. You learned a little bit about plumbing. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but kind of to finish my list, though, if you do want to learn about mastering, reach out to somebody who is in it and who will teach you and kind of will train you and train your ear and give you um, things and examples and stuff like that on, like, um, like the proper way to go and to do this. So... Anywho, if I left anything out, please holler at us in comment sections or something like that. Um, Sam, do you have anything else left for the wonderful people listening to this? Um, I think maybe I do, just real sure. quickly, would be if you want to get into mastering and essentially stop guessing, part of this process of, I'll say, becoming a master engineer and calling records done is heavily dependent on trusting yourself um, and learning how you hear things and how you serve your clients. And I think one of the things that um, I've encouraged people to do when they do, A, if someone comes to me and asks me, what do I think of their master? I give them, I'll say, constructive feedback to help them learn more. And, and more so, it's always pointing back to listening. How, how are you listening? You know, usually people are listening incorrectly and I don't mean in a room environment. They're just, they don't know what to pay attention to. And that's fine if you've never, you know, mastered a lot or spent time understanding the importance of listening. But I will say that there is no one right way to master, but you can still be confident in helping serve your client. And we all have different approaches in a different, different mindsets. And that's where we become... I'll say better fits for certain clients and not great fits for other clients. 
that's not dependent on whether or not you're competent as a master engineer if you're guessing or not. It's about finding the right fit and finding your sound. And part of not guessing is um, starting to call records done and trusting your gut. So there's kind of this like almost, I want to say, pushback or paradox within what I've been saying or what maybe we've been saying. Well, I don't want to speak for you, Matt. Of like, you have to find this balance of learning and educating and getting experience. And I think a lot of people just jump the gun and think, well, I just need to start mastering and charging. Or like, if I'm a mixer, I'm just going to start mastering and that's the only way to learn. You can learn how to listen. And that's one of my mentors, you know, the first six months, I didn't touch any gear. I learned how to listen. And that had nothing to do with working on songs and everything to do with listening to music and consuming music. And I think that's where people are slightly impatient. And so they just go, well, I'll just guess. It's kind of like how people approach a lot of things in life where they go, I'm just impatient. I don't want to wait. I'm just going to guess on it. I'm just going to take the risk. I'm just going to go for it. But there are other things you can do. You can choose a different approach, which is education, talking to me and Matt, talking to other master engineers, getting opinions, sifting through those opinions, seeing what works in your flow and not. And then starting to, I'll say, work with clients if you really want to get into mastering and starting to let them know like there's nothing wrong with telling a client like, hey, I would like to master your record. Um, And so I'm going to, you know, I I don't want to say you just tell them like, hey, I'm new, but, you know, kind of figure out, find some newer artists who are also new. And I've said that before on the podcast of like, you want to find a group of people that you can team up with and grow with, essentially. Um, Mm -hmm. You want to find, and this is just my own experience of seeing lots of growth and then helping others. You want to go find other mix. If you're a master engineer, go find other mixers who are just starting. If you're a mixer, go find new producers that are just starting. If you're a producer, go find new artists. You all are just starting. And what you can form is this beautiful community and team that starts to create this awesome sound. And I stole that that uh, line from Josh, my friend Josh, the other day in Clubhouse. He said, the community creates the sound, which I really enjoy that image still of that your community, the team you work with is actually your sound, more so than just you. Um, And so anyway, what I want to say and hopefully encourage people at the ending of this is that, you know, I don't want this episode to come off off as like you're not allowed or you're not worthy (laughs) to master or try mastering or think about mastering or ask me or Matt questions about mastering if you're in theory guessing. if you're guessing, come to us so we can help educate you. But don't guess and then deliver deliver it to a client. Um, that doesn't serve anyone. It doesn't serve yourself. It doesn't serve the client. And it doesn't serve the music industry uh, that we're in, in my opinion. So just wanted to kind of end with that. And that's all I have. That's pretty good. Okay, cool. I'm done. <laughs> so... Matt. Queuing up from the little back end of the podcast is a sweet beat from beesofbeats.com. This will be beat 93. Can we give Sam a round of applause? I don't get paid enough. (laughs) 
So thank you very much for making all these books. Um, of course. Yeah, as we said in the beginning of the episode, if you need any mastery engineers or um, if you're ready to stop guessing um, and want to hire a mastering engineer, I can be found at For The Record Mastering and Sam can be found at Moses Mastering. Um, if you like what we said, you would be a doll if you could please leave us a comment like subscribe wherever you are listening at that would be perfect um let's see you got anything else for the people the people i'm done morning afternoon evening whatever you're having have a darn good one you know what that's crazy i know i'm like i totally wrapped the episode you know what's crazy sam what I've noticed in our like metrics that like we've had like a ton of people from like Australia and Hong Kong. We're we're global, man. Yeah. So if that's you, thank you very much. Anyway, morning, afternoon, evening, whatever you're having, have it on a good one. Sam? Matt. Cue the music. QA. See y'all. Thank you.